Welcome to another episode of the Ableton Music Producer Podcast. This is Dan Giffen. Today, my new friend, Marigo. She's an awesome producer. Mari Sullivan is a Seattle-based indie electronic pop artist and a newly Ableton certified trainer, which is awesome. She leads a group teaching music production for trans non-binary students, teaching the LGBT community in technical aspects of creating music. Uh, she also just released a new single called Rhythm, uh, and it's really dope. We're gonna listen to it today. It just came out not that long ago. I also know that Pride Month is coming up, so happy Pride to all of you out there celebrating. I also want to say that I'm in full support of all my black brothers and sisters out there dealing with the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm in full support, and I encourage everybody out there listening to continue to stay educated, fight against injustice, and just love each other, because that's what it's about. Also, I have some very exciting news I can't wait to share with you. I am opening up the Facebook group, the member Facebook group for Live Producers Online. Uh, I'm a firm believer that community is really important right now. We all just come together. The Facebook membership group was exclusively only for Live Producers members. And now I'm opening that Facebook group. If you'd like to join, just mention uh, when I ask you questions, if you're a member, just say that you heard about this on the podcast or just mention podcast. And I'll be posting a lot of Ableton Live tips and tricks and hacks in there. We've got some other Ableton certified trainers hanging out in there as well. And it's a good way to stay connected with me and other producers and get your music out there and learn some new things. So just go to Facebook and search Live Producers Online Members. Uh, search for the Facebook group. If you want to buy Ableton Live, also encourage you to go to liveproducersonline.com slash buy Ableton. You can hook you up with a discount. That's enough about that. And this is today's podcast with Mari Sullivan. I haven't seen you in like a week, right? I know. Yeah. It's been so long. So it's long. Been a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You have a nice studio set up though. I was digging it before. Yeah. I've got like, you know, I've got my little wherever I put like my... <laughs> stuff got my keyboard yeah random hoodie oh, laundry laying on top of the synth exactly yeah. good got, oh i think my dog's in here with me too oh let me see your puppy what kind of dog do you have <laughs> he's mean mugging you <laughs> he looks camera shy he's like who is a strange voice just yelling at me right now he's extremely shy in general Aww. but yeah his name's odin he's a pit bull he's cute i like yeah, him yeah he's the cutest he's such a good boy <laughs> is that he's a lot is that a llama a llama an alpa or an alpaca i get I them confused a, i think it's a llama yeah your studio is tight too oh thank it's you yeah you have a moog sub 37 don't you i thought i saw one no i have a uh i have a arturia mini brute Ooh, that's nice yes i'm all about the v collection these days um but having hardware is just nice if you have space for it yeah or the money for sure. Totally. That's that I got it recently. It's my first um I mean I have the Nord, you know, for keys, but um Yeah, that thing it's sounds my, it's great. My first like synth, you know, like the first fun. the first love. Yeah, yeah. It's like and it's not too crazy expensive, so I feel like buying a synth is like having a kid. It's like you you fall in love with it totally. and like it treats you well as you get to know it better and it's not cheap and like it's it's a good relationship. Totally. I like dedicate days like to just messing around with it. Yeah, for good reasons. Cool. Well, I hit record, so we're live. But yeah, thanks for hanging out today. I, I met you for the first time a week ago when there was um, a small group of Ableton people got together and you showed us like your process for live streaming on Twitch, which you have a pretty killer audience that's been blowing up on Twitch lately. As a lot of people are starting to jump on the Twitch platform, it seems like that's been going really well for you performing live. Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, I've been streaming for like almost two years now. And definitely in recent times, of course, I've definitely seen a little jump in numbers. Um, I've just streamed more consistently since we're all stuck at home, which helps. And yeah, so it's been cool having a lot of new people come to the platform. Yeah, I've watched some of your live streams and you play a lot of different instruments, I think, which gives you a really cool advantage. So it's not always the same thing every time, you know, like... But like you have a cool setup. You've got like a nice synth, you play guitar, uh, you have really strong vocals, you have a nice voice and you play a lot of different instruments and mix it up. So I think 
it gives you an advantage to have a lot of new interesting content like every time you go live for people to say like okay what's she going to do tomorrow you know yeah for sure i do find that helps it's it's sort of like the obvious thing to just kind of like sit and play guitar or piano um it definitely takes you know more involved setup to like in, involve ableton and many instruments but it's worth it it makes it so much more fun for me too like yeah and i feel like it's helped me get so much better as a performer too just like because everything I do on stream is just like made up. I'm just like trying shit. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so, for yeah. sure. It's like, maybe this will work. Maybe it yeah, won't. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. But that's like, I love that about it. And I think that's actually what people really like is sort of the genuine nature of streaming yeah, live. <laughs> totally. And for sure. And like, honestly, people are always going to fail no matter what they do. But if you just go into it, like, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to create something new. This is, we don't really know how it's going to turn out, but like, just gonna do my best and like that's it's worked out for you it's always good so like how did you get started with Ableton and producing music like how did that come about yeah so I feel like that's always that always can be a really long story it but, is um, we could spend the whole episode just talking about that yeah but. so I so like my music journey started super young I come from a classical music background started playing piano probably at like age four you know something crazy like that and then that's impressive yeah, well, I had older si- I have older sisters and so like, you know when you see your older siblings doing things. So I think what happened was like I think they started when they were like 7 or 8 cuz I'm the youngest by many years, like 5 4 years. And uh and then so when I was like 4 and they were 8 and they were taking piano, I was like I really want to do that and I would like try to do shit by ear, which is weird. And then so that's they were like, "Okay, you're super young, but I guess we'll just throw you in here." Yeah. So um yeah, so I started like playing piano really early and then and then you know, I always liked to sing, so I was singing in choirs and stuff my whole life and then I ended up going to uh school undergrad for vocal performance um and focused mostly on like classical rep. Um yeah, Where did you go to school? University of Denver. Okay. In Colorado, so um and uh you had to balance it with the outdoor activities, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's so, beautiful out there. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So um, I'm in yeah. Indiana. We have cornfields. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I I'm from Chicago originally, so I'm oh, okay. Right I'm on. Familiar with uh, with Indiana. I love Chicago. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's been a while since I've lived there, but yeah, Chicago is pretty cool. Yeah. So and then like by the end of college, I think I just kind of was really over the classical music scene. Like, I don't know. I just, I felt like I had always really liked pop music. I had, you know, written songs here and there and the classical music world. I just, by the end, I got really turned off by it, um, by various things that happened. And what I actually did after that was I worked, I, I decided to like not do music myself. And I just worked really in close proximity to music. So I like had various jobs. Like I worked for a symphony for a while. I managed a small opera company in LA for a while. And That's then, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was all cool, but th- it was almost like really hard because I was like so close to it, but not doing it myself. Yeah, and yeah. it was just like that that diversion that happened that eventually was the thing that brought me back to music. Was I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's like torture. Like right. seeing these people on stage, like doing things that I want to be doing, and like just being on the sidelines. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. And like a whole nother thing I could spend like an entire day talking about. I got super sick from living in a place with mold. Oh, geez. Like bedridden sick. I was sick for, for like years and years and years. That's not good. Yeah. I like had to drop out of school. I moved back in with my parents. I just needed like full on medical care, all this crazy stuff. Wow. You're doing yeah. better now though, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. I good. definitely have like some like lifelong, I think sort of autoimmune stuff, but okay. it's manageable, totally manageable at this point, you know, no more than any other person deals with, I think, because we all have shit. <laughs> yeah. And I think that just really changed like my whole, like any sort of life threatening thing does sure. pretty much like changed my whole perspective and was like, why the fuck am I not doing music? That's really what I want to be doing. Yeah. Back to trying to make this short. I ended up taking <laughs> a <laughs> class at Beat Lab Academy in LA. Oh yeah, with uh, Yuda Benatar with and Yuda. I know some of the t- the trainers there. Yeah. Yeah, like Yuda and Mike yeah. are like my homies. They're the best. Yeah. So I just was like, you know what? I just need something to like spark my music love again. And so sure. I decided that thing would be learning Ableton. And so yeah. I found that course, took it, and then like from there it was just like 
See ya. <laughs> right on. And that was like 2016, I think yeah. I read. I started the class at the end of 2016, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was trolling your bio. I was just mm-hmm. check, fact-checking myself. Uh, so who'd you say some of your biggest influences are now? Like you said, you grew up classical music and then you kind of like transitioned into like electronic music and now you're just like bridging your history yeah. of classical composition with Ableton. And what is what does that look like as far as like, how would you describe your sound and who are your influences? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I have like a really weird, like, I mean, yeah, like kind of like eclectic mix of of influences, like because I come from classical background, I also was like super into jam bands, you know, like Oh yeah. Like I got If you had my... to name drop a few, who who's that? Like Dave yeah, Matthews? Well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of jam bands, like in my childhood growing up, it's like Dave Matthews. That's just the Yeah. Jam- that was like so, the, cool, the cool high school band to listen to, you know? Like Yeah, no, I was in a little deeper than Dave Matthews. That's like, good. Like uh, Grateful Dead, Fish, String Okay, Team, I like some, it. Some like, yeah. blue, you know, like Yonder Mountain String Band, some Bluegrass Jam, like nice. stuff like that. Yeah, nice. like, yeah, right, like the hippies. That I'm into was it. Me. <laughs> I'm into it. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, so um, that was like, that was kind of like what I really loved, like late in high school and into college. Then I think from there was sort of a natural flow into like more electronic jammy stuff like Flying Lotus and oh, like I love Flying Sound Lotus. Tribe and like even like Pretty Lights. Oh, I love Pretty Lights. Mainstream. Yeah. I saw them in Chicago with this live band a couple of years ago. It was amazing. I saw them yeah. at Red Rocks. <laughs> Damn. I bet yeah, that was, was good. Wild. It was yeah. Wild. yeah. And so, uh, and then as I've sort of like gotten more into like the actual production myself, now I sort of turn to like strong female influences. So some of okay. my faves these days are like Grimes, mm-hmm. Rachel K. Collier, um, Image and Heap is super cool. Like I just yes. love her like inventiveness. She's um, amazing. You know, yeah, her midi gloves. Yeah, the just, gloves. She's cutting edge. Oh, like God. she's an inspiration, I think, for a lot of female producers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, like I really like Kimbra. Like. Yeah, I'm not sure how much producing she does, but definitely like sort of a master of technology for performing. Yeah, yeah, kind of like some some people that I'm always listening to and watching for inspiration. I love it. Yeah, well, you are uh, dropping a new single tomorrow, which is Friday, the 29th of May, 2020. For those listening, it's already been released. And yeah. also, if you don't mind, I'd like to actually preview like a second of that right now for the listeners. Absolutely, that's totally fine. All right, let's listen to it real quick. super dope track i really like it and uh so how did how did this song get started um gosh you know this track's one of those cases where i started it super long time ago it just took forever to like wrap it up and put it out um but so this song was um i wrote this one let's see so the inspiration for this one kind of like a typical like early love song you know like it's um it's it's actually about my current um fiance but like we 
So this it's specifically referencing like an early date we went on where we like got drunk, like went to like Sunset Boulevard, saw some comedy, um, and uh, just kind of like that early fun stage, and like just like that driving need to like see them, and like yeah, it's just you know it's like on fire. So yeah, um, yeah. So that song's about just that. So um, cool. Yeah, and I think uh, the way I started this track, I think I had just gotten the Nord played some stuff like made made like a key sample and yes. then just like messed it with it a lot which is like sort of forms the basis of the track is this weird like reverse kind of a uh, key sample so yeah yeah the presets in the nord are like unmatched by a lot of keyboards i'm a huge fan of a lot of the sounds inside of the brain of that thing mm-hmm. yep yes and it's it's was the first time that i got like a gear piece of gear that i could like really work with audio a lot you know because yeah before it's like when you work with just Ableton, it's a lot of MIDI working with audio mm-hmm. is just fun, fun, you know? Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. And there's a lot of things you can do within the the envelope of an audio clip that you can't do in a MIDI clip. So yeah. there's more creative options inside of that as well. So when you start producing a song, let's start nerding out maybe a little bit if we can, do you have a typical workflow when you first start thinking of, okay, I have a blank slate. I'm going to start here. Do you normally start with keys or vocals or guitar? Like how does that songwriting process look for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess it depends on like what I feel like working on. I, I have like a pretty, like sometimes I just write stuff that's just like beats, electronic, like no vocals. And then my other stuff is like very songwriter based. Um, I would say like when I sit down, I usually kind of like just feel out which mood I'm in. Like, do I want to make like just like a instrumental track where I'm really just like experimenting with sound and making cool beat? Or do I want to like write a song? What ends up happening is I just go through phases, like songwriting phases and then like beat making slash, you know, experiment phases. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I think if I'm just right making beats and stuff, kind of naturally I'll start with drums. I I really like to pick sounds that like don't naturally sound good to me. Like, you know, when you go through (laughs) like, when you go through like the Ableton, like stock samples or something or like on, on, uh, what's it called splice or something yeah. like sometimes i'll just take the sample that when i played it i went ugh. <laughs> yeah right because otherwise i found fa- i find that i just like write the same drum shit over and over again mm-hmm. so i'm always like trying to find ways to not write the same thing um, yeah there's a lot of crap inside of the ableton sound library yeah. but there's but there's a lot of good stuff too it's you yes. gotta dig through the crap to find that little gem yeah yeah and like i just i just find that like my instant reaction to like a sound is is not always like correct because like sometimes a really gnarly sample will sound super cool on a track even though like on on its own when you play it you're like oh that sounds nasty you know right so, just um, throw OTT on it. It's always better. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like I think when I'm just digging for sounds, like I'll try to make like a, a good drum kit first and like and then work with that. Um, of course, I have some like pre-made drum kits that I like to pull up again as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I'll listen to music that I've been really into for inspiration for like uh, for a drum beat. Um, because again, okay. I find if I just like sit down and make a drum beat, sometimes I'll like make similar things. Um, so anything to kind of get me out of like my, I guess to get me out of like what my normal workflow would be if I just let it happen. Like I just try to like mix it up. Yeah. I think it's pretty common for a lot of artists too. It's like, it's not a one size fits all formula because music's so subjective. Like, you know, I would say the same thing if somebody asked me that question where it's just like, it's changing all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely don't have just a straightforward workflow, but yeah. So if I'm just making like beats and messing around, a lot of times I'll start with drums and then I'll start pulling in harmonic elements, like writing chord progressions or like pulling samples and building something weird from that. Um, Mm -hmm. and then like, alternately, if I'm like in a totally different mood, like I might just sit down with my keyboard or my guitar and write a song that way and then take it in. So yeah, yeah, it just depends. You have a great voice by the way. And can you talk us through a little bit, maybe for those who are vocalists listening, we have a lot of bedroom producers in this audience listening to this podcast. If for somebody who is like, nervous about singing and like processing their vocals do you have like a typical chain that you build for your voice like you don't have to go into super detail but maybe for people who are just curious like can't really get a good sound out of my voice yeah absolutely um yeah that it takes a while to get that down for sure um i mean i would say i probably don't even have it 
as good as it could be. But honestly, live performances for Twitch, I use a condenser mic. But um, yeah, so basic chain. I mean, obviously, there's a number of compressors on there um, to smooth yeah. things out. Um, I like, um, let's see, what do I use? I like the Fab Filter compressor. Mm, I like. Yes, yeah, the Pro C. Yeah, I use the Waves Arvox sometimes. Um, okay. the glue, Ableton's glue compressor is yes. great too. Big fan. Yeah, so I'll use those um, for sure. I always uh, obviously cut all the lows out of my voice. Mm-hmm. And I find that that's actually a really important step to finding exactly where you should cut the lows. So like right. definitely play around with that and don't just be like, yeah, I'm going to chop it at 100 and leave it, you know? Right. Also for different songs, it might be a different low cut level, right? So Sure. Um, I mean, for female vocals, for my voice especially, I find like a good high shelf really brightens it up. Sounds awesome. But then mm-hmm. I have to be very careful about the harshness coming out or the S's. Um, so I definitely also have a bunch of like DSing tools. Um, you if know, you like, had to pick one DSing tool, what would it be? One? Oh, gosh. You know what? I think that the built-in DSer in the Nectar plugin oh, is yes. really good. For the win. Totally. I actually did a webinar yesterday on that. So I'm, really? ex- I'm excited to hear How you funny. say that. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I Like, you know, the, the Nectar suite has so many things. I'll throw it on just for that DSer. Dude. So I'd say if I had to pick one, I have like eight different things that I use, but if I had to pick one, that one is pretty dang good. Yeah, I bought like the Waves DSer and I think the, I like the Isotope one. The Nectar one is is better, I think. Yeah. Ableton has a a DS preset uh, as a compressor um, that I've used before, but it's not my favorite. So yeah, I've I've found that... uh, that one doesn't quite work for me, at least for my voice specifically. It's not right. right. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, and that's a, that's great. That's a good thing to say too, because if you took Barry White and you ran him through your vocal chain, it's probably not going to have the same outcome because everybody's yeah. voice is different. So yeah, and like that's like voices are so like I'm just giving you like what works for my voice, but um, but yeah, like vocal chains are very specific. Um, mm-hmm. You know how much how much to compress. How, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the, the S like your S's, everybody's S's are in a different frequency range. Like they're all close, but like, yeah, it's just slightly different than the next person. So it's definitely tricky. Anyway, just to finish that off. Uh, I, I love Valhalla vintage verb mm-hmm. on vocals. Um, also the, uh, convolution reverb max for live. Yes. Sounds great. What else? Yeah. Um, Have you played with Valhalla's new Supermassive plugin? I just downloaded it yeah. yesterday. I haven't used it yet. I'm excited. It's fun. It's fun. It's like Vintage Verb had a baby with uh, like Shimmer or or uh, like Frequency Echo. It's weird. Cool. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Is there yeah. are th- is there like a delay function in there? Yeah. yeah that's so it, okay. yeah, it, it's it's a little bit of a hybrid of things. Cool. Yeah, it's super fun. So talk about your live performance. I know that you posted on Facebook today a so far performance show that you played back before the whole pandemic thing. Uh, what was that experience like? You did so far for, um, it was like a nice live recording. Looked like you had a great turnout. It was an awesome performance. I watched it. Uh, and that was to your single, What Are You Doing Now? Which I would say is probably one of your more popular songs, would you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like the title track of the EP I put out last year at the end of last year. And um, yeah, I think that one, it's it's my favorite song from the EP for sure from that last EP that I put out. And um, yeah, it's definitely like one of my favorite songs I think I've written. My live performance setup is um, basically the Nord keyboard, um, Push 2, of course. Um, I use a like a little LPD-8 which is an Akai controller, MIDI controller, uh, which I have mapped to um, Ableton's looper, which is how I do my vocal looping. Nice. Uh, and then, oh yeah, my guitar, when I have my guitar. Um, in that case, I'm just, I have my Strat in that video. Just like usually a one woman show. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it works. That's cool. Yeah. Well, back when I lived in LA, I used to play with a drummer. Uh, but since I moved, I've had to just kind of like make it work solo, um, which has ups and downs, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Easier for rehearsals. <laughs> right. 
do you think someday you'd like to get the band back together or are you going to keep on pressing forward with like solo performances yeah i mean i it'd be cool to play with other people for sure like yeah. I, I like doing my solo stuff but there's definitely something to like you know there's a different energy when there's multiple people vibing together on stage that's just like you, know, you just can't do it alone so it's um true. yeah and it's just fun like it's fun to you know, it's like when something funny happens, you have your bandmate to turn to. <laughs> right. You know, it's That's like true. when something goes wrong, I'm the only one who knows generally. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> if the ship is sinking, at least you're not going down by yourself. Like, yeah, 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 totally. That's hilarious. But, um, but yeah, so I, I have my laptop in Ableton when I do my live performances. A little bit more like detail about that. I usually am doing live looping using session view of live. Um, I do a combination of recording into clips and using Ableton's looper, uh, like I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just kind of have like a lot of stuff mapped. I have like my reverb sends on my, I have a lot of vocal effects mapped. So like I usually have some uh, reverb send, delay send, um, like a filtering effect and then the looper. Yeah. And so I have all that mapped usually to the the LPDA just so I can keep like, you know, I have the push, so I could do that stuff on the push, but that way all the stuff for my voice is just in one small package that's yeah. right in front of me, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's nice. I don't have to do, like, I don't have to select a track or anything like that, so it's just, I just find that's the easiest way to mm-hmm. do that. Performing on Twitch gives me lots of practice with, like, live looping stuff. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. I only started doing that this year, and I feel like it's just, I've just gotten better very quickly. Totally. And I've gotten, like, more and more advanced quickly, which is great. And it's just like the most fun. It's one of my favorite things. It's like designing live shows and and like looping and um, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's a blast. You, you can tell that you're having fun doing it. And I think that feeds into the audience and the energy and people love watching it for that reason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So talk to us a little bit about like your setup for Twitch. I know we did a little bit of nerding out for that Ableton focus group or whatever you want to call it that we had last week and you you shared kind of your your walkthrough setup you don't have to go into great detail but for anybody who's like a producer who wants to maybe get started doing what you do mm-hmm. what are some of the things they need to think about if they want to start live streaming their performances on twitch yeah so like it's just like a totally different game like it's it takes a while to get your setup going for sure like i feel like it took me a year to get a setup that i really feel good about like yeah so I'll talk like streaming stuff and then the music stuff. So Perfect. for the streaming, I'm using OBS uh, or Streamlabs OBS. Um, I, I was using regular OBS before. I recently have just tried out. They're basically the same. One just has more stuff going on. But yeah. um, so OBS or Streamlabs OBS will work fine. And um, I have a two computer setup. I built with my uh, partner who's a super nerd. Uh, We built my streaming PC together. We built it, you know, it's not anything crazy specific specs, but we just made it powerful enough to be able to like handle the load of streaming. So I've got OBS on the PC and then on my Mac, which I have my MacBook Pro, I've got Ableton and all of the audio stuff is happening through the MacBook as if it would be just my live performance set up at a show. Right. And then I just have the interface that's connected to my Mac, the output going into the input of the one connected to my PC. Right. And so all of my audio is just being bussed basically to OBS on my PC, which is handling all the streaming. Right. Just to reiterate for everybody listening and for my own sanity, like you have one laptop and that's just your music laptop that's just running Ableton. And then you have an interface with that that's outputting to another interface going into just your streaming computer, right? Correct. With NDI. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, so that, so on a normal stream day, I don't really use the NDI. Okay. NDI is only if I want to share my Ableton set on my Mac. So it's right. like, for teaching like, okay, purposes. Yes, for teaching. So it's right. like if I'm working on my Mac, then like how would my share my screen on OBS on the PC? What I'm using is the NDI scan converter. Um, is that new tech? Is that new tech? Who makes that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And gotcha. With a K T E K. So I have the scan converter, which then picks up my screen and through the internet, you know, casts it to OBS on the PC. Right. And that does get a little bit shady at times. It's like sometimes there's some a lot of frame dropout, but um, but for some just like basic Ableton stuff, it it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. So you built this or you and your partner built this like nicer PC computer. Uh, like do you, when you were building that out, did you have like a specific level of specifications that you wanted such as like it has to have this much RAM or like this much yeah. processing power? What does that look like? What are you using? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've got um, an eight core AMD processor in there, 16 gigs of RAM. Okay. Uh, we got from video game friends, someone donated <laughs> a good graphics card for me so I could do some gaming. <laughs> it's, good. <laughs> it's good to have friends. Those are good friends yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to like buy a really nice, yeah. not, not like a huge PC gamer, but I do like to do a little bit of PC gaming. What, what kind of um, gaming are you into? We had to like talk games. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, number one game of all time is Zelda. Um, oh, hell yeah. Zelda's probably, great. Probably a tie <laughs> between Breath of the Wild and Ocarina of Time. Classic. Re that is classic. <laughs> Throwback. The yeah. OG Zelda. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm playing Horizon Zero Dawn for the second time. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I just finished playing Witcher 3, which is really good. And then like every now and then I'll pick up like a little indie game. Like right I was on. playing Astroneer for a while. So yeah. Yeah. That's great. I found my yeah. really old like computer from geometry class and was playing like asteroids on it yesterday. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It made me so happy. Yeah, that's it's like so I got, fun. got nothing done in math class because of that calculator. It's great. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Worth it for sure. <laughs> it's good times. So, uh, yeah, definitely like the RAM and the, and the processor are the most important things. And then, um, yeah, you know, we've got a solid state drive, which of course now is standard. Um, yeah, that's the basic specs of that PC. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for people who maybe don't know anything about that world, might be good just to throw a couple things at them. So I just want to talk about that briefly. Yeah, but. yeah. Yeah, and then as far as like the music side, it's basically the same setup as I use for live performance. So the Nord Push 2, I've got Ableton running, I'm recording into clips. Um, I've got like very specific chains that I use on everything. I have some like audio effect racks that I put on like everything that just have simple effects like reverb, delay, that I can yeah. just like instantly create an interesting sound out of like a basic sound. So I don't have to do a lot of designing in the, you know, like slowly designing things right. in real time. So I have tools to make it a quick performance, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And you want to make your computer happy and not cry. So it's like that balance of like, how much do I put into my yes. actual project before that little CPU load meter starts like spiking your computer sweating. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not using a ton of plugins for this. Yeah, um, for for uh, Twitch or for just live performance in general, a lot of built-in stuff. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also noticed the update, and maybe you've noticed this too. From nine to ten, it seems like you can push Ableton a little harder than you could in nine, in my experience. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. But yeah, I mean, describe. What what made you pursue getting Ableton certified? I mean, you're an educator, not just a performer or producer, but I mean, you teach, like we talked about, uh, a lot of people, a lot of females in the LGBT community, and you have private lessons and course that you teach online. Uh, talk about that. Like, how did that get started? Yeah. So um, I so back when I was taking the class at B Lab, um, my class was. Uh, me and 11 guys. So it was every once in a while, yeah. some, a, a girl would pop in who like missed a class. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't always just me, but it was almost always just me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I kind of like, I, I was just, I've always liked to teach. I teach yoga like on the side always. I just cool. like, another passion of mine. But, and so I, I think I have like an addiction to like, like really difficult certifications because I also have like a really unique, rare, like yoga certification that is like, takes like five years to get. Wow. That's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's impressive. I think, I think at this time it's more of like a mental problem, but, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I like, I've always really liked to teach. Getting deep. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so, um, That's I've been funny. teaching yoga for like 10 years and I, I've awesome. always found like, a, I, I've had like a knack for teaching and really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And then when I took the class and it was just like me and all guys, I was kind of like, all right, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. it should not be like this. I agree. And then I just kind of like thought about the barriers to women participating or learning about more technical aspects of music. I think that a lot of the problem is like, um, 
just sort of like the culture in music technology and just in the music industry in general, everything sort of being determined and led and everything by men and um, like women not feeling safe to ask like stupid questions or like, you know, things Mm. like that or like being worried that if they fall behind and, and things like that and just not having the confidence because no one is told when they're a little girl that they should be a music tech nerd. They're told they should be a ballerina or a singer or whatever. And like, even my journey reflects that because I started out as a singer and thought that I should be on stage and I should do this and this and this. It was actually clear to me from a very young age that I was interested in tech things. And my parents were actually supportive of that. And I still didn't really end up pursuing that because nobody else I saw was doing that. No, none of my girlfriends were doing that. Like, None none of my musical influences were doing that, who a lot of them were men. And so it just didn't occur to me. So I think as I just have have gotten older, that has started to really upset me more and more. Mm -hmm. And so I think my interest in teaching and becoming a certified trainer was almost, I almost just needed to prove it. Yeah. And then, and Uh. then I wanted to be a resource for other women who wanted to do this and didn't feel confident or comfortable or safe or whatever. Um, and that's sort of become like my biggest motivator and, um, passion in teaching. So my course Mm -hmm. that I've started teaching, um, just this year actually is just a a beginner music production course. And right now I'm only accepting students who are women, trans, non-binary. I'm, I will probably open up, you know, change it to doing like every sure. other one or something like that so I can accept more students. But yeah. um, I found that it's it's just what some women need. And, sure. Um, the, the vibe in the class is very different from the vibe that I had at B-Lab, um, which was great, but just different mm-hmm. and not for everybody. Um, I just... You know, sure. I, I don't really know any girl who really wants to just walk into a room of 11 dudes and be the only one. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair thing to say, though. I, I'm with you 100%. Like, yeah. I agree with everything you just said. And yeah. I am. it's good to hear from your perspective these things because you've experienced a lot of it from the beginning to end. And you're an Ableton certified trainer. And I think, what, there's only six or seven female yeah. Ableton certified trainers in the country? It be eight, but it, it's something right around there. Which, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment and for real. And I think there needs to be a paradigm shift. I'm not just talking Ableton right now. I'm talking in the music industry in general for females to feel empowered, like they can do just as much and there shouldn't be any barriers to entry whatsoever. And, yeah. you know, it's not always black and white, but I would love to personally see more female producers you know, rising up and having larger roles in the industry in general, because I I think diversity is a beautiful thing. I really do. Yeah. 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 And it's just like the, what I always think about is that I I have two things I want to say. I don't want to forget. I'm going to, I want to do a shout out for Ableton in a second. Okay. So, so, but what I'm going to say is that like in the world of pop music, it's like half a songwriting game, half a production game. You know what I mean? Like part of it's a song part of it's the production that literally shapes the culture of pop music. Yeah. And like the, the statistic that I've seen thrown out for the last couple of years is that 2% of music producers are women, which is disgusting. That's ridiculous. And like, if you think about it, that means that literally the culture of pop music is almost a hundred percent shaped by men because of how big of a part of it, the production is. And not only the production, but the mixing and mastering. And those are also roles that are just completely missing women entirely. Yeah. Um, and like that is, it's just, they are such important, powerful roles. Like the songwriter, the singer, the performer only have so much. Whenever I bring this up to, to like men who are like, you know, not that aware of these things, they, they will say things like, God, it just seems like music, women are killing it in music. Like there's such yeah. great, like strong female artists, you know, yeah. like, um, like, Cardi B and Beyonce and, and Lady Gaga, blah, blah, whatever, you know, everybody. Right. But it's like, that's only part of the game. And that's the part sure. that's the most visible. Right. And even that part that's most visible, I think is still like 30% is totally. women. But like, Be- it's like, there's this whole part that's not visible that is just completely lacking female presence, which is nuts. Well, I mean, and think about how far would Beyonce or Cardi B be in their career without a producer? Yes. Like yes. you got to have one, right? For yes. for that role, right? They're the artist, they're the singer, but 
nobody, you know, all the fans don't really think about the producers that are actually making their music come alive, yes. you know? Yes. And, and like you were saying, that's that bottom 2% of females behind the scene. <laughs> yeah. So there has to be a, a, a change. And I'm ac- actually really inspired to see, like, I think there is a shift happening now more than ever for sure in that yeah. department. And yeah. I think, I think it's really cool what you're doing with teaching because there maybe are some young female producers out there, whoever that maybe feel a little intimidated sitting in a classroom surrounded by like 15 other dudes. Yeah. And, and it's not always like a right or wrong thing. Those 15 other guys might be great humans, but it's the fact of like, that might be intimidating for a lot of people. Right. You know, like that's like, I mean, as a guy like sitting in a room of like 15 women, like I wouldn't be angry about it, but it wouldn't be as comfortable if there was like, (laughs) as if there was other guys in the class. Yeah. It's just, and that's like, I was so lucky because at B-Lab, I had a really nice class and like, also like they've, they've done a great job at now hiring some female teachers. But like when I was there, it was all male teachers. And like, I feel very lucky because they were wonderful. Like I can't speak more highly of Yuda and Mike Carvizzi. They're just, they're just wonderful mentors. And very inclusive and encouraging and my classmates were really nice too but like yeah it was a fucking bro fest and it was you know (laughs) who's cooler and they all had a dj background and i'm a freaking classical singer you know like yeah and to be honest with you like having that classical background will take you so much farther than just being a guy who knows how to make basic beats. Like that's so much farther in all areas and all genres. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like, it's just, it just takes like a certain kind of person to like walk in the room and, and just say like, I'm going to do this. And like, and like, I'm really proud of myself for doing that. And like, that's the kind of thing that actually like lights a fire under me. Like, I'm like, I'm going to fucking show these people. Yeah. And you you do it. Now yeah. you're my trainer, like hell yeah. That's right. Like that I actually did that. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Should send you a bottle yeah. of champagne in the mail or something. Yeah. Anyway, I, I want to do this before I forget. I just want to give give a shout out to Ableton for I think really taking a very active position and trying to get more women. Yeah. Uh trainers and just involved and like featuring more women like as artists who are performing too. Um mm-hmm. it's like I think like five years ago, you know, until this round of certifications, there was one female trainer in the U.S. and it's Laura. Yeah. And um, and I I can I can tell from like you know having a relationship with them that like it is something they're actively doing. It's cool. And they're just trying. I think they're trying really hard. And part of the reason there's not very many is because it's like only so many women are applying to be certified trainers, and then the standard yeah. is so high, and they're not yeah. willing to compromise, which I don't think they should. Right. Um, but it's sort of that earlier step of like education of like offering, offering this and showing women who are doing it. And I think that they actually are trying really hard to do that. I and agree. I, I felt very supported by them in the certification process and like encouraged by them to do it. And I was not, I was a hundred percent sure that I was not good enough. Oh no. Well, you totally are. I yeah. mean, that's, but that's how I felt when they were like, maybe you should try this. And I was like, oh no, like that's yeah, no way. <laughs> that, that's cool though. I mean, you're right though. It, I have so much respect for the company in a lot of different ways. And when I was getting certified about the same time you were, I think your class might've been right after us or not class, but your group. Yeah. We had two women and then there was three of us guys. It was a group of five, which I think is bigger than normally it is. I'm not sure, but but yeah, there was two other girls and they were killing it and they knew what they were talking about. And yeah. I was le- I was learning things from them, just like chatting at- outside of the sessions we were having during our testing. And I was just like, man, there's so much to learn. It's good. Yeah, always, always. So anyway, I just wanted to say that I really appreciate that from Ableton and they it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It's yeah, a great yeah. company, great group yeah. of people. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, Loop was canceled this year, but I was really excited to go to that. Next year is going to be awesome. Are you planning on going? Uh, yeah, I hope so. Um, I, I had kind of missed the boat for this year anyway. Like I wasn't going to okay. go to it, but... Um, so it worked but out. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd say <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't think it exactly worked out for anybody this no, year. But, no, not really. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll go next year as long as everything's sort of back functioning again. Sure, yeah. So what's next? You have this new release that's happening 
Um, you're going to yeah. keep doing the Twitch stream, which by the way, everybody listening, uh, we're going to include all the links in the show notes below. So uh, click and check out Amerigo's Twitch page. And uh, you're more active on on where, like, what social channels do you say you're most active? I, I follow you on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, probably, probably Instagram. I mean, I post on Facebook, but I, I don't know. I don't feel like fo- probably Instagram and like uh, Twitter is always where I post about my Twitch streams. So yeah, I am. So I'm, I've been dropping some music. I've I just put out a song called Better Weather about a month ago, and then the new single is coming out tomorrow. And then um, I've going to be dropping another one next month. So I'm doing sort of a sequential singles um, that are all part of a group. I've got like a six track EP dropping. Cool. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. Four of them were just written and produced by me solo. And then two of them are collab with a friend and producer here in Seattle named David Miner, which is cool. Definitely makes me write stuff that's very different. So I'm excited to put those out. Um, Right on. And, um, yeah, I am doing some, for the first time this year, I've started producing for some other artists, which I'm really enjoying. It's just very nice to kind of have a little bit of removed, you know what I mean? It's a one step removed as a producer because it's not all me. There's not as much pressure and I can just enjoy the process and doing what they want to hear. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I find most producers or ghost producers for other artists usually love it or they hate it there's yes. no in between really ever yes yeah. i yeah i have to say I, i'm enjoying it i didn't know if i would be one of those people who hated it because i only had mostly produced for my own solo project um but i i am really enjoying it and uh so i have i should have some music coming out this year for some other artists too which i'm very excited about it'll be, uh, it'll be really fun cool. and yeah um yeah, and then I'm just still writing stuff, so hopefully just keep keep cutting it with the music. I've been yep. making some, I've been making some weird beats, so I might drop like a little beat beat mix. Do it, yeah. yeah. I like I like weird stuff, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, just like my- the quarantine, I've been like, I just I haven't really been in a songwriting mode. I've been in like a weird a weird mode, it's a weird <laughs> mode. space where I'm just making like weird stuff. Honestly, I feel like you're not alone right now. There's a lot of people yeah. just making weird stuff confined in their house and just like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird time to be alive anyway. So yeah. And other than that, I'm just going to keep plugging away with the streams. They're so fun. Um, I feel yeah. like it's one of the things that helps me grow the most as an artist also helps me connect the most with like fans and and collaborators, which is awesome. So um, yeah, I'll be streaming three days a week for the foreseeable future. (laughs) Right on. Yeah. Like I said, we'll include links in the show notes for anybody listening right now. So everybody go check that out. And uh, anything else that you want to share with everybody before we sign off? Do you have any other notes or comments? Um... If say there's like females out there listening right now, where's the best place for them to go if they want to maybe jump into Ableton Live and start working with you or learning and taking a class? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I, I mean, I have my course. I'm going to teach it again probably this year. So if you're interested in like a beginner, beginner level, intro level Ableton course um, with a bunch of awesome ladies um, slash LGBTQ, right? Open to that whole demographic. Um, you know, hit me up for sure. Um, I personally also love keeping an eye on Rachel K. Collier, her videos. She has a lot of like educational content in addition yeah. to her own, you know, live performance stuff, which I've found really inspiring. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some great resources just on YouTube and everything too. I mean, not a woman, but underbelly, of course, hysterical oh, yeah. and fun He's great. to watch. Yeah. You suck, you suck at, at producing. producing. Yeah. He was on you the podcast a while ago. Yeah. He's a yeah. funny guy. Yeah. That's it's, it's really fun. Um, but yeah, it's don't be, don't be afraid of technology just because people told you that you're not good at computers your whole life. Let me just say that. That's <laughs> big facts, honestly. To all, to, yeah, like yeah. to all my ladies out there who have been like, I'm not good at technology. That's just, that's, it's a lie. Yeah. There's a, a point in everybody's life when they're not good at technology. It doesn't yeah. matter who you are. Yeah. 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 You can learn anything. Anyone, you can learn anything. It the just Im- takes hard work, some determination, and a good teacher, maybe. 
Amen to that. Yep, yeah. that's true. Overcome yeah. that imposter syndrome, as they yes. call it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that. I think yeah. that's like the number one thing that we face as women is that imposter syndrome. Yeah. It's no joke. It's very, very hard. But yeah, just got to learn to recognize the self-doubt that you're just talking to yourself. You know what I mean? You have to learn to recognize that, that it's actually not the truth. Almost like building muscle. It's like you have to practice learning when you start telling yourself those things so that you can shut it off faster. Because the faster you can shut it off, the quicker you're going to start creating things. Mm -hmm. So just go to the gym, everybody, and (laughs) build that muscle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, cool. Well, it's not Mar- it's not a uh, Marie. It's Mari, right? Correct. Mari Gold. Okay, everybody. Like Mar- calamari. Calam. <laughs> That's the one I give. Like calamari. You should make a track and Mario. have like have like little calamari with like smiley faces as like the album art for it. I'll make like a rap meme where I'm like, my name's Mari, like calamari. You yeah, know, that's the same rhyme. I think it. I think it would be great. Cool. <laughs> I would listen to it. Mari Gold, everybody, like Calamari, thank you for hanging out. It was great seeing you again. And uh, everybody, check out the links in the show notes. Like I've said, listen to her music. It's good stuff. Check out the Twitch streams. Always entertaining. And yeah, maybe we'll have you again on the podcast in the future. And keep doing what you're doing. It's good stuff. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, thanks for listening to the podcast today, everyone. Uh, If you want to go deeper with your Ableton Live skills or you want personal help on your projects, check out the Basic or Pro membership. Just go to liveproducersonline.com and hit the fat green join button. I would love to see you on the other side, help you work on your tracks. You can also submit your tracks to me as a active member once a week. And we do this track feedback live in the Facebook group. It's been really fun. We've done it three times every Monday. You can send your songs to me. I'll live stream them and then give my personal feedback and some mixing tips, production ideas. Uh, yeah, just a good way to get involved in the community, get your music out there, and to learn new stuff. So thanks for listening to the episode again, everyone. Much love. And yeah, go follow Mari. She's pretty cool. I'll see you guys next time.